So thank you for tuning in to the What in the Word podcast, where, we, where each episode is designed to help you develop a deeper relationship with Christ as you navigate culture with the biblical worldview. My name is Sean, and this is my brother from a different mother, the good, right, Reverend Dr. Bishop J. Baker in the building. Okay, and so today we're going to discuss uh, decisions that are constantly made by believers that literally destroy their relationships with God and others. That's right. Today, we're talking about anger. It's a heavy one, Jay. <laughs> this is a heavy one, Jay. This is the one that uh, that a lot of people are going to struggle with uh, because I found that anger is a choice and we choose to be angry. We choose to be upset because the Bible tells us that it's a choice and some of us hold on to it. And so just uh, from your experience, bro, uh, how have you seen believers allow anger to destroy their relationship with God and their relationship with others? I've seen many people um, decide and and I just kind of want to piggyback off of what you just said. It's a choice. Um, I was reading a little bit of the Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, and he actually has a little section on that. Um, and he's talking about how we we're choosing to. He says at least at some point in uh, when we begin to get frustrated or whatever you want to call it, at some point we begin to start choosing to be angry. Like we may start out uh, just frustrated with an individual, but at some point we're choosing to hold on and indulge in that anger. Um, um, it's, it's, it's important that people begin to like really realize that uh, anger is something that can keep you from moving forward in relationships um, and for some reason, we we tend to think that like anger is something that can be hidden. It can't be hidden. Uh, I know I, I held on to a lot of anger, uh, especially early in my walk, because I came from a background where I was like always angry being in the streets. It was like we found reasons to be angry with other people. You know, we when when I was when I was in the gang, it was. I found a reason, like even if you had like a little strip of blue or something on your shirt, you know, I found a reason <laughs> I, I needed to find a reason to be angry with you. Whatever the, the opposite gang's color was, I needed to find a reason. I think that's what we do. Uh, even as believers, we try to find reasons, whether it's one incident in the past that somebody may have did. Instead of moving uh, beyond that, a lot of times we just sit and we hold on and we retain that anger um, and it's going to manifest into something else. It's, uh, he talks about in the book uh, uh, contentment being something that's on like a higher level. And he uses Matthew chapter five uh, to really begin to start dealing with that. Um, uh, Dr. Daniel Napier talks about that, too. He He actually came up with what he calls the, I believe it's the four components of the heart. And he talks about pride being the starting point, but it's um, a twisted uh, sense of our desires. I use the word twisted. He uses, uh, um, uh, I forgot the word he uses, but like a twisted sense of 
our desires. He also talks about a twisted sense of our retention. And so that's more of what you were just talking about. Um, choosing to be angry because we're holding on to things and not letting them go. And uh, I, I, I mean, it's obvious on social media when you see other people that are angry with other believers, right? It's people begin to start ranting and just posting all kind of stuff and stuff that they have never dealt with. They're just putting post after post every time something happens. If they look at your post and they don't like it, it's just post after post dealing with like charging up other believers. And for some reason, they don't believe that they're going to stand before God on those things. Mm. But yeah, yeah. You know, and it's good that you bring up Matthew five, right? Because like Jesus is clear that, you know, uh, when you held anger towards your brother, you are liable to the judgment. Like and so that's crucial. That's vital. And it's challenging because, you know, one thing you said was interesting and that was based upon um, the act of uh, when we grew up in the environment we grew up in. Like I'm constantly talking to some people about the challenges of what I see in uh, believers who come from the same backgrounds that we come from. And people are like, I can understand why they're angry. I can understand why they're. And I'm like, as a believer, we can ill afford to be angry about all these things and allowing this anger to. Well, let me say it this way allowing anger to cause us to act the way that's not like Christ. Right. Yeah. Like uh, the Bible is full of Proverbs about God talks about anger makes us foolish. Like the fool deals with the, the fool thinks anger is OK. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and, and 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 I'm with you, man. It's like. It was almost like anger or holding on to anger allowed me to feel like I was in control of something. You know what I mean? Because when I was back in the world, I was never as bad as Jay, y'all. So just so y'all know, Jay was bad. <laughs> I was a good kid. I just grew up in the wrong neighborhood. But uh, but yeah, I'm not trying to make it like I was this big, bad dude. But yeah. the challenge was that it was okay. And it was almost um, celebrated if you're yes, angry. Sir. Yes, sir. It was celebrated. It's like, yeah, that's what made you a man to get mad. That what made like, put somebody in their place. And I had a, I had a pretty long fuse. But when that fuse went off, you can't put it back in. And when I did, I did things that were foolish, right? And even when I came to the kingdom of God and started walking with God, I was still tearing down relationships. I was still uh, in my own home with my own marriage. I wasn't able to shake that anger as easily as I wanted to, because I'm a Christian now. Why can't I get over this anger? I remember this one time in specific. I was really trying to walk with the Lord, Jay. I had took an old practice jersey from high school that was white and, you know, the maroon on the inside, school colors. And I flipped it on the white side and I drew a cross and I put his pain, your gain on the shirt. I'm at the I'm at the park and I'm bawling. I'm like, yeah, I'm being a witness. All these dudes at the park. And man, I ended up popping the dude in his mouth at the park, man. <laughs> what? And here's the thing, man. Right afterwards, I felt bad and convicted. Then I had to go up to the dude and apologize for socking him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I had to apologize. I had to go, man. Listen, uh, I'm a Christian now. I shouldn't have did that. I blew my wit. Cause you know, young Christian, you hear the Holy Spirit. You just you just go and do. You don't know no better. You just go and do. You don't rationalize. And yeah. I went and did it. He was like, man, it's cool, man. And you know why I hit him, Jay? He said I was from Elgin. 
<laughs> man, you, you country, you must be from Elgin. And like oh, that, I, wow. I, I couldn't let that pass. This man thought I was from Elgin. <laughs> you had to give it to him. Bro. I had to give it to him, man. <laughs> and, and you know what uh, is interesting about that story? I remember, so if, for the people that don't know, I, I spent a little time in jail. Um, when I was in the, the county jail, still fighting my my case, I was in the Bible. I'm, I'm new to, I had already surrendered my life to the Lord. But I remember me and some other people that I knew, we were sitting at the table playing dominoes. And these two other guys, they were from, I think they were from Houston. And they were um, like standing by the table and they were just saying little smart remarks. And I was just ignoring them at first, but like they just kept talking and we were in the middle of the game and I don't remember exactly what he said, but I was just like, man, you just need to be quiet, man. We trying to play a game, man. You need to move around. You and your, you, you, you and your partner need to move around. And he said, what did you say to me? And I like, without even thinking, right. You, it's that, that stuff that, that, that we have developed that we know it in our bones. We don't even really have to think it's just a reaction. Man, I remember jumping up so quick, him and his homeboy both like backed up. I jumped up. I said, you know what? That back cell back there is empty right now. Nobody's in there. I said, come on back here. Don't worry about it. The, the guards won't find out. By the time they get back there, I'm gonna, you'll be knocked out. You'll be asleep on the ground. I'm going to be back in my cell. Don't even worry about it. And like he was like, I ain't going nowhere. And so... <laughs> I, but I immediately after that happened, I just told him I'm done with the game. I went in and went back in my cell and I was sitting there and I just was like, Lord, I just failed that quick. Like I was just reading the word before I came out here and started playing dominoes. And I was like, Lord, just that quick. And so it was interesting. So you went to the guy to apologize and I was just praying and I was telling the Lord, I'm going to go apologize. And the next thing I know, he came over there to my cell and he started saying, man, my bad about that. And I was like, no, nah. I said, no, nah, first, before you say anything else, I need to apologize to you because I'm I'm in the word and I'm trying to do things different than I did before. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I, I understand that. But he was like, man, I'm going to just tell you why I'm in here tripping. Um, he started talking about his uh, son or his daughter was out there by herself. And he was like, man, I'm in another city. I can't get out. I can't get in contact with my people. I don't know where my child is. I'm just mad. I just need to get out so I can get to my people. I said, man, I understand. that." I said, this is what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to pray. I said, if, if I can pray for you right now, I'll pray. Mm. Uh, but I want you to get out here, man, so you can get back to uh, to your child, man. And like after that, I think he was in there like another day or two, but he he would come by there and just chop up with me because some of the times when I'm not playing dominoes or something, I just be sitting there reading. But it was that opportunity like you were just talking about opportunity to get it right when you knew you had it wrong. And the Holy Spirit is not going to let you just sit like nothing's wrong. That's the thing that trips me out about believers that go off on other believers on social media I'm confused on how that's okay with you knowing the Holy Spirit the way that I know the Holy Spirit. Like when I do something I know I shouldn't have done, the Holy Spirit is like that conviction of the Spirit is heavy. It's not something light that you can just say, you can just brush off your shoulder. It's heavy. It's like, oh man, I know I shouldn't have done that. 
And when I see that type of stuff and I wonder, like, do you really understand the person that you surrendered your life to? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's man, that's so good, bro. That brother just didn't want you to put them paws on him, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't, I don't know part of that. Let me go apologize. See, see the dude I had, you see, we was at the free world. We could have just went our separate ways. He had to stay in there with you. He was like, nah, man, let me go and apologize, make this right. But it's funny. If we had that same, I'm, I'm making a joke, but if we had that same kind of fear when it came to what God is going to pass judgment on us for, right? Yes, sir. Uh, and knowing that God has spoken to us that we should get and we should reconcile quickly, that we shouldn't let the sun go down on our anger, right? Yeah. Because when, when we allow that anger to just fester, man, it becomes bitterness. And I know everybody's experienced that person who's just bitter, just mad about everything. And so many people that you're talking about and we see on social media, a root of bitterness has become a part of what the way that they interact with other people. And here's the challenge is once you allow that bitterness to creep into your heart, it is very hard to get rid of it. Right. I, I do so many counseling sessions and when I try to enter, I try to mediate between certain parties and different people and uh, folks, man, they just they can't get over stuff sometimes and it ends up being detrimental to uh, their walk because they're walking around just bitter, unforgiving, all these different yeah. things. And the same walls that we build up to keep people out uh are the walls that God can't break through. And that's why God, I mean, I, I remember the, when we were chopping one time and you were talking about if you uh, put your gift on the altar and you really broke it down to the point of, think about how far that man had to walk <laughs> to go yeah. get it right with his brother, then come back. <laughs> yeah. and, get, and we don't put a priority. We, I do it later. It's not that important. But God sees it as being vitally important. And I really think that a lot of people just don't understand who God is. And by your anger, I can see that you're not as mature as you think you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and man, you just think about uh, Dallas Willard's words. Uh, anything that you can do with anger, you can do much better without it. I yeah. mean, I, I remember the first time I heard that statement and I sat for about 20 or 30 minutes mm. that day and just meditated and reflected on that statement. Anything that you can do with anger, you can do much better without it. And I, I, I'm going to tell you like this. I literally tried to figure out some other stuff that I can do better with anger and could wow. not come up with one thing. Wow. <laughs> and it's, Man, it's 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 amazing. Um, you were talking about cutting that uh, anger off at the root. Dallas Willard says something else that's very important. He says to cut the root of anger is to wither the tree of human evil. Mm. Um, man, I, mm. it's so much. You know, that 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 big thing you talked about, and I'll, I'll say it's like the big brother. You have you have anger, then you have contentment. And then I would say even contentment, probably a little bit beyond that would probably be bitterness. You brought it up earlier, man, or they may be somewhere on the same uh, plane. Yeah. But 
just just thinking about how much other sins and other wrong attitudes and uh, things we do with our bodies so much more that stems just from anger. And when he says that anger uh, to cut off the root of anger is to 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 get rid of that uh, the human evil uh, mm. in the world, man, that's that's a powerful statement, because just think about like I, that's one of the things for me is why I sit on scripture as long as I do. Sometimes I'll start reading and somebody will say, what are you reading today? And I'll say, oh, I've been on this same thing for like three, four weeks now. And they're like, you're still on the same passages. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, because I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to reflect on it. I'm trying to get as much as I can get from it. It's not about trying to jump to the next scripture really quickly. And so like when I when I hear stuff like that, like good quotes or statements, I think about, OK, think about a time where you were really angry. And I, I can think of like multiple times where I didn't been at uh, having some type of conflict with somebody in the streets. And I'm at the point now where it's I have murder on my mind. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I'm at this point and I go back. I remember I remember sitting doing this one day, actually taking the time to go back. Now that I'm walking with the Lord and say, OK, that time when I wanted to murder that person, where did it all start from? How did I mm -hmm. get to the point to where it was full blown anger? And that goes back to the Matthew five again. Right. Yeah. Uh, you start at a certain spot and when you hold on to it without letting it go, it's going to manifest in something greater and it's going to have you in a place that you don't want to go. You right. You mentioned that as well. Yeah. And. We don't think about stuff like that, man. That's why mm -hmm. I, when you were saying that a while ago, I think that was very important. We have to take the time and start thinking about where is it that we're trying to go uh, and where are we trying to move on from? Because uh, go ahead. Yeah, No, I was, that's good. I was just saying that's good. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, uh, I heard Dr. N uh, Daniel Napier say something recently. He said, do not practice what you don't want to become. Ooh. Man, when Ooh. I heard him say this like a couple of months ago, this was around the beginning time of this uh, epidemic that we're in uh, right now. Something going I mean, on in, in the world right now? I'm, <laughs> I don't this, know nothing about it. <laughs> COVID-19. <laughs> but he said, do not practice what you do not want to become. And so it, it made me think wow. about just anything that God was working on me uh, with at that time. Okay. I don't want to be this type of person as a representative of, of Christ. So these are the things that lead up to that. So that means I need to cut these things off at the root mm. before they manifest and give fruit to that type of thing. Ooh, the root determined the fruit, brother. That's it. <laughs> gonna, we're going to put a beat to that. Yes, sir. <laughs> put a beat to that. But you know, one thing that I, I enjoy about, um, I read a book and I, and I often, I often utilize this teaching when I do marital counseling. Mm -hmm. um, but it's based on Chip Ingram's book. And he wrote it with this uh, psychologist, uh, Dr. Laura uh, Ingram. And the name of the book is Overcoming Emotions That Destroy. And basically, Chip uses the illustration that anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is something that tells you something else is wrong on the inside. And God, uh, because we look at God's anger and God's wrath. And so God, God doesn't necessarily condemn Anger, he condemns the sin that comes after we haven't properly processed the anger because there's a holy anger and then there's our carnal anger. Right. Yeah. And so his whole notion is that. That instead of saying what you did hurt me, 
I get mad. Instead of saying I feel insecure or I feel threatened, I say I'm mad. And so we can't even properly articulate because yeah. we, we run to anger. And so um, I was I was thinking about James uh, chapter one, verses 18, 18 to 20, where it talks about being uh, slow to speak. No, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Right. And it also mm-hmm. goes on to say that the uh, that the righteousness of God can't come from anger. And a lot of people are like, I, I got this holy indignation. I'm mad because of this. <laughs> yeah. And we and what we're running around a lot of cases, and we're going to have an episode about this, but a lot of cases, what we're running around, we're calling for justice. We're just really bitter and want our anger to come out on people. Yeah. Uh, and so, man, I was I was really as we were preparing for this episode, man, I was I, I was in uh, Ephesians chapter four. And I want to read something real quick from Ephesians chapter four. This is so good. And this is Paul. Uh, writing to the church in Ephesus about um, just the the new life that we need to be putting on and and, and what we need to be representing now uh, uh, as we are Christians. And in verse 25, it says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Watch this. Let no corrupting talk come from your mouths, but only such as is good for building up and fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And he's essentially just building this picture for us about the things that we should Uh, be focusing on and that anger and that malice and that bitterness. We should put those things away because if we are operating in them, we can't do the things that God is calling us to do. And he goes on to say, instead of these things, be kind to one another, be tender hearted. He talks about not talking about each other with with, with, with just a uh, in a way that don't build up because we know when we're angry, we tear people down. And so. Paul paints this beautiful picture for me when he's saying, man, you need to put all this stuff away. Like not like not put it in the garage, man, put it out to the curb. Let the trash man come get it. Like you can't do right with it. But we feel like anger empowers us. It makes us feel strong. It makes us feel like it makes us feel all these different emotions. And so we 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 pet it. We, We use it like it's a pet. We nurture it. And don't you make me get mad. That's just a way that we want to manipulate people. We That's try exactly to manipulate people through our anger. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. get me get me mad and see what happened. Oh, you, well, I don't want them to get mad. I bet I guess I better sit down now. Right? Yeah. We see that right now. That's happening in our nation right now. I, I know, man. And again, I keep going on. That's gonna be another episode. But all this stuff where people are doing things that are more harmful than good because they're operating out of anger, and goodness and righteousness is not gonna come out of anger. Man. That that's that scripture is so packed with um, with wisdom and insight, man. It's yeah. it's amazing. Uh, 
I just want to point out just one thing in there, because I think one big thing with with what I see with Christians today is we don't really like to follow the guidelines that are put forth in Scripture. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, if Jesus says, if you have this problem, go to your brother first by yourself. And if that person won't hear you, then take somebody else with you. Yes. And then if this, and so it's that, like there are steps and we, mm. we skip steps or we just, you know, we just don't want to do it. Ignore and them. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And one thing he says in there is that I think it's a principle that, that, that you cannot ignore when he says, do not let the sun go down. Do not let the sun go down. It's, you see, Every time I hear that that text, I, I think about what happens if I do let the sun go down. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I reflect on the times that I did let the sun go down. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be transparent, man. I, I remember times when instead of addressing the issue, the next day because I did let the sun go down. That was the first thing that popped in my head when I woke up. That mm. person was on my mind. That person was on my mind. And I thought about when when the next time we talk, I'm going to make sure you know everything that I've been thinking about all night long that I should have got out of my mind. then. And it, it, it's amazing that you let it fester, mm -hmm. fester in there. And then the next thing, you know, uh, um, uh, I, and, I, and I'm going to say this on top of this, because I see this in so many Christians today. Uh, that's where you get gossip and slander is so heavy in our churches today because, like, we think it's OK to just say all kind of things about people, just go off on people. And, man, it's because we have not dealt with it in the proper way. And yeah. there's so many prescriptions in the scripture that tells us. Here, this is what you must do in these type of situations. It may not have our particular situation like right there, but it's telling us when you find yourself in these positions, be willing. You you mentioned a while ago uh, that Matthew five that that I talked about before, uh, and I mean I just reflect on that. A guy standing in line, or a woman, whoever the person is standing in line, ready to to present their gift to the Lord. Mm -hmm. They already then walked to the city. Just imagine you stay outside of the city. You walk to the city, however many miles that is. You go through the city to get to the temple. And then you have to stand in line and, and wait. And then it's weighing on you the closer you get to the altar. Like, yeah. that's the problem with us today. Uh, the, the, the power of God's presence in our proximity. And that's what uh, uh, Daniel Napier calls. Uh, the fear of the Lord, like the, mm. the, the, the acknowledgement of his power in our proximity, it begins to weigh on us. Hey, yeah. I got this issue. My brother's mad at me. Not that I'm mad at him or her, but they are upset with me. We got to go get this right. I can't just be dropping this off in front of the Lord and just yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. being willing to turn around and go back. Like, man, I remember I sat on that scripture on because on, I believe it's like probably about 10 verses or something like that. I remember I sat on that for about two months mm. just reflecting. And it was times where I just paused and 
and like pictured, closed my eyes and pictured myself leaving my gift there, turning around and walking all the way back thinking. And I pictured myself thinking about what I was going to say to the person, what they may say to me, all of yeah. these different things. I ran through scenario, got back to the person. I did a couple of scenarios where the person wasn't trying to hear what I was going to say, but I did what I could do. And I turned back and went to go offer my gift. I, I did scenarios where um, the person and me and the person reconciled right there on the spot. And then I was like, hey, come with me as I go offer my gift. You may have a gift you want to offer too. And I just ran through these different scenarios. And man, it's amazing when we actually take the steps of what the scripture tells us to do, uh, what can happen. Um, you know, me and you, we love movies and we love pulling stuff from movies. Yeah, yeah. Me and Junior was watching the Karate Kid series recently, and we watched all of them, five, all five movies. But <laughs> ain't got no, that's it can't go nowhere. Might as well, huh? <laughs> Might as well just sit. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something. Now, at in, at the very beginning of Karate Kid Two, after you, it, it picks right up after Daniel had just won the tournament from mm -hmm. the first movie. Yeah, yeah. And when they come outside in the parking lot, the other sensei is upset with his students because they lost. Yeah. And so he's roughing up one and choking one of the students. And Mr. Miyagi says, this is enough. He goes over there. He said, let him go. And he wouldn't let him go at first until he made him let him go. And the guy starts to attack Mr. Miyagi and he misses every time. And then now Mr. Miyagi has the upper hand and has the opportunity. And that's that famous scene where he's like, uh, no mercy. He's repeating that man's uh, mantra yeah. that he's given his students. And then he stops and squeezes his nose. Yeah. And Daniel, when they walk back to the truck, Daniel says, he said, man, you could have killed that guy, couldn't you? And he was like, uh, I hate Daniel's son. And he was like, well, why didn't you? Man, he said something that was so powerful. He said a man. Uh, matter of fact, I wrote it down. He said a person with no forgiveness in his heart live in worse punishment wow. than death. Wow. Than death. I mean, just wow. think about everybody walking around holding on to this anger. He said that you live in worse punishment than death. It's better that you die and not have to hold on to that unforgiveness. And man, we follow these steps. We will not have to put ourselves in that position. Because that yourself for person with no forgiveness in heart, living even worse punishment than death. I'm gonna backtrack just a little bit when you were talking about um, uh, if we would just follow the steps and do the prescriptions earlier before you told that story. And I was thinking when you said that we don't see the immediacy of the repercussions of letting the sun go down on our anger, right? Yes, sir. We, we, we don't see it immediately. Uh, but that's the challenge because what it does, and I and I again, like I say, I see this all the time in my counseling sessions when I'm trying to help people reconcile, when I'm trying to this person going at this person, they say, Man, I, I talked to the person, now I'm coming to the pastor. Can we go to that person? And I go and I see that if the person is holding on to something, how it just it is whittled away at the relationship, it just didn't happen overnight. And now we five years into this issue. Yeah. And we can't let go. Right. And so, like, uh, I believe that anger costs us not only relationally, it costs us physically, too. Some folk got stuff going on in their body 
and they don't even know why they that like you know like I, when I last time I went to the doctor, man, he was checking me and priding me and poking me, and he was saying, man, I'm seeing more and more people thirty years older and up in this culture today that are dealing with medical issues that used yeah. to be old man issues. But because mm -hmm. of stress, you know, you seeing 30 year olds with enlarged prostates. It's like, what what is that about? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's <laughs> yeah. all the stress on them. He's like, it's the way that they carry their stress that it's it's really uh changing their I don't even know the word, their physiology. Like literally people are looking older. We see it all the time. When a president goes into office and he come out four years later, eight years later, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. like he done. He look old. He look yeah, dusty when he come years. out. Yeah, yeah, because of the stress of being the the leader of the world, basically. Yeah. And so, <laughs> man, we have all these things, and we feel like it's just anger, and, it, and and you know, I'm just gonna let it out real quick. But no, man, it's impacting you. It's impacting the people around you. And the scripture is clear. The scripture is clear. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Yes, sir. Don't let it happen. I know some people be like, I I I can be angry, but sin not. <laughs> Even in your attitude right now, you're sinning. <laughs> or, or, or Jesus turned the tables over in the temple, and I'm saying when uh, you step yeah. in the shoe, when you step in Jesus' sandals, I let you turn over anybody's table. Jesus did that because He is God. He has a right to anger. <laughs> we don't have Man. a right to anger. We don't have no. a right to it. We don't have a right to a lot of things. Um, and I remember. In a series you did some years back, uh, you talked about not standing on our rights, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, yeah. like that was something that you mentioned like over and over and over in that series. Like you would pause and say, like right now I have a right to this, but I'm not going to stand on my rights, right? You know, it's just different situations. And that's the thing. People want to stand on their rights. Right. You were, you were talking about, um, how anger affects everybody around you. Uh, Dallas Willard says this. He says, when I discover your anger at me, I'm already wounded. Right. Mm. You haven't even you haven't even done anything yet, but I discover that you're angry with me. And so I'm already wounded in some type of way. Some people get wounded and they back down. Some people get wounded and they're like, Oh, you, you, you think you can get angry? Well, let me show you how to get angry. But it, it just changes the entire yeah. environment yeah. when we, when people notice that we're angry, you just think about walking in the room and people notice that you got that look on your face. Um, and they're like, oh man, he about to start tripping in here. And it's like, Get, get, get the kids <laughs> it's time to go that dude look like he about to really do something in here and so just just think about that man it's 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 very important man you you you, you when you when you started talking about how people always use that one scripture man and i i'm glad you brought that up because that's the like the default scripture that people use to justify their anger uh well jesus turned over tables and I, when I every time I hear somebody use that as an excuse for them being angry for whatever it is it could be their cause it could be what happened at work it could be whatever the stuff that's going on in the country right now and I think about I go back again to Dallas Willard about how uh we can do much things much better without it and I think about people that use that as an excuse and I'm sitting there like, 
So you need a reason to stay yeah. angry. Yeah. It, it's, it's not like it, it's, it's, it's not like you can just um, you could just be going about your your everyday things like that are just naturally happen. But you actually have to convince yourself to stay angry because there's something about it, especially if you're a believer. I'm not going to go into what it looks like outside of believers, but as believers, the the Lord is warning you that through his spirit. Hey, you need to be careful here. You're, you're starting to really, you need to deal with that right now. He's he, it, he, he warns us. Yeah. And like, we have to find a reason to be angry. Believe me. I know I've sat and no, I'm angry because of this and they shouldn't have done that. And then, 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 and then, then, then. We yeah. have to find excuses to stay angry. We cannot just walk with the Lord down the path that he has laid out and say, oh, it's OK to be angry on this path. No, it is not. Not at not at all. Not even a <laughs> little, little, not even a little, little bit, <laughs> not even a little, little bit. And, you know, and, and, and there's a thing you were saying, man, so like I, I know, like sometimes in our context, we be talking about stuff and sometimes we be the only yeah. ones in the room that really get it. Cause we hood dudes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but man, you know, your homeboys walk in the room, he be walking back and forth and just, I was like, Oh man, look, we finna have to fight and we don't even want to fight. Yeah. Yeah. We finna have to fight and we don't even want to fight. I, remember, I told you the story one time, man, cause you were talking about the little henna, the little henna blue on. <laughs> I remember, uh, I, so for everybody out there, I never was in the gang, but I grew up in a neighborhood that was affiliated with one gang. Right. And so yeah. we went to the uh the pool. What's the pool spot that used to be on airport? Uh Q Club. Yeah. Q Club. And so when me and Amory was dating, we went into no, we were married. Yeah, we were married. And so we we just went to go shoot pool. She used to love to shoot pool. So we was in a Q Club. And a homeboy from my neighborhood, like he really wasn't a homeboy. He was like my little my little brother homeboy. He was more his age. And he walked in there, and it's nothing but Nothing but the blue team in there. Nothing but the blue team in there. Just yeah. And I'm sitting over there, and we playing. We we were playing. We got to. We were waiting on the pool table, so we were playing um. Uh, Tetris. She loved to play Tetris too, so we were playing Tetris on the little game console. And uh, he come walking over there. He comes put his hand on the arcade and pull his red beeper out and put it back on his hip. Like yeah, man, they all up in here, man. Like I'm like. Bro, you better put that beeper back in your pocket. <laughs> He's so angry that his his homeboy brought him to a spot. He's like, man, my homeboy brought me over here. He knew all these, you know, what's up in here and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, if you don't put that back in your pocket, bro, because yeah. I'm not even on your level right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking around like nine of them and two of us. What are we going to do? Yeah. I, can, I, I can meet you at the car because I'm going to beat you to the car. <laughs> <laughs> me and my wife, we are out of here. Yeah, he just sitting up there, man. Man, they got me out. And, and you can see he's starting to flex. I'm like, yeah. do yeah. you think I got a gun on me or something? I mean, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you going from there to there? But yeah, he was so mad. He could have got both of us killed that day. Yeah, like literally, he could. He could have got irrational. both of us killed that day. Don't make no it's sense. Irrational. I told him, man. I said, man, you. I, I looked at him. I said, bro, bring it down, bro. Like bring that down right now, cause I'm not gonna die with you up in here today. Yeah, cause they was gonna start shooting. I guarantee you, they yeah. were. They may have fought, but they were gonna definitely do some shooting. The, the guys you're talking about, man, they were I, definitely do some shooting. I, I I knew off the jump. Listen, you knew me from the hood. You knew I wasn't involved in that. You just see a friendly face, 
Yeah. Ain't gonna get me caught up in your foolishness. Nah, bro. Gonna jump in that life ride. Yeah. I told him <laughs> I told him when we go, I'll give you a ride home. You ain't gotta ride home with your homeboy. Like, but that's all I can do for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like that's literally all I can do for you. But yeah, he was so teed up that he didn't care about the numbers. He thought I guess he thought weekly was gonna be old weekly. Nah, bro. I'm in here with my wife, man. And even if I wasn't here with my wife, that would have been you and them. Yeah. I mean, but just listen to what you just said, though, how he was so ticked off, man, that he ignored the odds. And like, that's the thing with anger. It makes us do stuff that don't even make any sense. Like I've done some stuff before in my past that I was so angry and it didn't make any sense. It really, to tell you the truth, I know that the Lord had to have been covering me many times uh, because I should be dead in some of the stuff that I've done in my anger, like just flat out stupid stuff. Um, I remember one time we had just had a big brawl uh, off of Riverside and I'm so angry that I'm ready to do all kind of stuff. I got blood all on my face. Uh, I was one of the main people they were jumping on. And I got all this blood on my face. I remember pulling up to the store. I'm I'm not even really thinking. I'm just angry. Going into the store. Soon as I walked in, I can just imagine like everybody when they saw me, because I I feel angry. It's not that I might be a little bit upset. I'm angry. Like I feel it. I'm thriving on it. It's it's fuel right now. I'm loving it. It's like, like when you get that adrenaline boost and you don't want it to go away. That's how it was for me. It's like, I'm angry. I want to be angry. And if you try to calm me down, I might hurt you type thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I walked into the store, man, and it was some people (laughs) that were, (laughs) they were at the counter and everybody in the store looked at me when I walked in and said, the people at the counter said, we'll come back later. And they left their stuff on the counter instead of paying for it. They said, don't worry about ringing that up. We'll come back later. I walked to the to the refrigerators uh, to get something to drink. Uh, and man, like people were just kind of like standing out to the side. I heard, I heard one person that was actually brave enough to say, man, are you okay? Is everything okay? Everybody else moved out of the way or left the store, man. And I walked to that counter and the guy that was ringing me up didn't even want to say nothing, man. He just told me how much my stuff was. I paid for it and I got in the car and just like, I was just mad out of my mind from an incident that we just had with some people that ain't even at the store. Yeah. Right. And man, anger takes you so many different places and people don't want to, People don't want to admit where it's going to take you, but I can tell you one thing that I've learned. People that love to be angry or justify their anger, they will love to give you reason to join in oh, with yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that's, that's, man people, don't, people don't know that hood kind of anger, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I, I'm even talking to people now who, like, they trying to figure stuff out and I'm like man you, you you don't understand when someone just just i ain't got it no more like i i i i don't have it together no more like there's no parts of me to have it together i'm looking at uh proverbs 29 11 right now it said a fool gives full vent to his spirit i mean yeah fool give a fool gives full vent to his spirit but a wise man quietly holds back and so wow. it juxtaposes wow a fool just letting whatever hits his spirit 
I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna let it. Ha- I'm just gonna give full vent to it. While yeah. a wise man says, Nah, nah. Let me be wise. Let me make rational decisions. Let me, man. Um, I can remember man being in the projects, dude, and um, I would get into fights with my mama's boyfriends, and then the police get called. We all out there fighting, fighting, and then the neighbor, uh start yelling the one who called the police and that's the whole thing now people talk about snitches people call police in the neighborhood all the time oh, people yeah. talking about karens there's a lot of karens that are black that's <laughs> in the neighborhood that's gonna call the cops in a minute yeah. like that's why i sit back and i laugh at stuff that happened in culture i'm like man y'all have no idea like how do the police show up who called the police yeah <laughs> karen wasn't in the projects <laughs> and so and so the neighborhood I can remember, I can remember me and Emery were dating. And me, me and my mom were going at it. We were going at it. And I'm getting my stuff. I'm leaving again. And um the police get called. And the neighbor, yeah, I called. It was a dude. I, I called. I can't sleep. I gotta wake up in the morning. And this B I always told me. I was I was hot at my mama, man. I could have choked her, dude. Like I like I would rage like that. Like I said, I had a short fuse, but once it went, it's gone. Yeah. Me and me and my mama both jumped on the neighbor right there in front of the law. <laughs> Because he out there, he trying to bring peace to the neighborhood. We mad at each other. We want to fight. We find out who called the law. And then he called my mama the B word. Oh, no, yeah. bro. The law was yeah. like, man, y'all go back in the house. We forgot why we were fighting. Yeah. We forgot why we were fighting. And he was like, I'm getting out of here. These folks is crazy. <laughs> I'm getting back to the west side of town. <laughs> <laughs> he trying to get up for work on time and y'all just disturbing his sleep. Man, we in there, we in there going at it. Just mad. Just mad, man. But listen, uh, but listen to what you said, though. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I think that's I think that's something that some people that may be listening need to hear. We. We forget that everybody don't live like we live, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And you got some people, man, they just trying to go on about their regular schedule program, man. They got to go to work in the morning. They got to do this. They trying to protect their kids. And there's always this this thing uh, where you have people that are just walking around mad, they're ready to fight, they're doing all kind of stuff, and they think that everybody else is supposed to just ignore yeah. what it is they're doing, even if you're bringing harm to that neighborhood or that community. Everybody is supposed to just ignore that. Uh, I don't want to, because I know we're gonna we're gonna eventually get on that topic of not snitching. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, yeah, but. What's so interesting and to me is people get they're angry and they they talk about I ain't, I'm not no snitch, and then they want police officers to snitch on other officers who have access to data and can find out where you stay. You, like you worry about somebody that may be able to find out where you live in the neighborhood, may be able to find out. You can you can get somewhere and hide, but we're talking about other officers that have access to files that civilians do not have access to. Yeah. But you want other officers who put their put their lives in danger to tell on this other officer. But you can't tell on the person that's selling poison in your neighborhood, Mm. the person that's uh, raping women in your neighborhood, Mm. all of these different things. We 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 have this standard of I'm just not going to say anything, man. And it's. It's amazing. And, and you you said something very important that people been telling, because I'm going to tell you like this. When I went to jail, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for all the people that told on me. But there were several people that I knew 
who called the police on me and they were not white folks. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Oh, I, I, I really want to get in that conversation right now. We're going to, we, that's going to be another episode though. That's going to be another episode, but yeah, man. And it really, and, and, and going back to the foolishness of it, Jay, right now, I got more people outraged for me over something I'm not really tripping on. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I'm, I'm so mad at what's going on. And like, you don't even have a clue what's going on in my life, but you mad because you know me and you, and, and, and it almost takes away Jay from me. I'm like, don't be mad for me. <laughs> don't like, don't put yourself in trouble with God for me, but it yeah. almost takes away my ability to be a man. Like you treated me like I'm a child. Like I'll, he, like if he gets mad, he has no choice. And people who come from my community sometimes, I ain't got no choice but to sell dope. I ain't got no choice but to walk around mad because of the way of my circumstances or my situation. Are you kidding me, bro? What I just read out of Ephesians 4, Paul is talking about that um, all these things, he's talking about in the midst of all these things, they're going through persecution. Yeah. In the midst of all these things, the yeah. church is going through persecution. They going through some things. And so yeah. we're not going to let you off the hook by saying, oh, well, we're going to let it slide. Watch this, man. Second Timothy. I want to go right here real quick. And we this podcast is going to be long. It's going to be a two part. I'm going to edit it down. Right. I'm going to edit it down. <laughs> but Second Timothy 3, 10 through 15. Watch this, Jay. This is where we get all scripture is God breathed. This is where we get what in the word. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and my sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly, live a godly life in Christ, Ooh. Jesus will be persecuted. Ooh. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Ooh. I'm not talking about them, but as for you, yeah. <laughs> continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say all scriptures, God breathed. And so while wow. it's telling us that we are going to get into the word. Yeah. Um, I just realized I jumped into the next topic. <laughs> that's Hey, that's all right. Hey, but that's, it really, it ties together because yeah. that anger comes from, right. Dealing with hard times, hard suffering, times. and Difficulty. all of that. I told yeah. you I'd be rabbit trailing, bro. I look, <laughs> I was reading it, and then I looked up at my notes. I was like, "That was on the next topic." <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me do this, Jay. Let me do this. <laughs> Did you have anything that you researched that you really just want to kind of get out there on this topic? Oh, about anger. Yeah, yeah. Um. One thing, uh, and me and you were kind of talking about it uh, before we actually got started. I just, uh, it's from the movie Changing Lanes where he talks about mm -hmm. um, uh, at the end of the day, I believe I do more good than harm. I mean, what other, what other standard do I have to live by? And so 
that's a guy that's kind of justifying the, the type of lifestyle and him being deceptive and doing all kind of things that he's doing. But what I want to what I want to say based off of even some of the scriptures that you've read is I think it's about time that the people of God mm. um, just I mean, people in general need it. But I think it's about time that we start having certain standards and principles that we live by. It's, it's not about just pulling from the scriptures uh, and saying, oh, that's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's actually saying this is a principle uh, that I ought to order my life around. And I think it's about time that we uh, understand um, because it's, it's vital, like uh, understanding who your teacher is. A lot of people don't understand you're just falling behind other people. But it's vital that you understand who your teacher is and that you have the right type of teacher in your life because your teacher is going to be the one that helps you to set up standards that's going to point out certain principles. I mean, again, uh, I I use Mr. Miyagi in Karate Kid. He says there's no such thing as a bad student, only Mm. bad teachers. Wow. And a lot of people are walking around just following behind whether angry people and you're following behind people that are telling you it's okay to be angry and justifying and you look and sound just like them because you're making up excuses to your family, uh, to people on social media, to anybody you can get to listen to you to say, I'm angry because of this and I got a right and this shouldn't be happening and this is whatever. All of those things sound good, but we have to begin to get certain standards in our lives and certain principles that we live by. And it's it's important that once we set those things, that we don't move on from them. And this is my last Karate Kid quote. Uh, Bring them, Mr. Miyagi. Bring them. So in the same movie in part two where they get ready to go to uh, Okinawa, right, Uh, because he gets this letter that his dad is sick and he's probably going to die soon. And so on the plane, he begins to tell Daniel why he uh, moved to the U S in the first place. And so long story short, based off of their culture, uh, they had arranged marriages at that time. Mm -hmm. And so he really liked this woman and she liked him too. So he went ahead and proposed to her. And basically that brought dishonor to the guy that had been arranged to her. And so he was like, the guy asked him to fight. And he said he just he didn't do it. He moved uh, here to the U.S. And Daniel was like, but you loved her. Why would you do something like that? And he said something that was I think was just so important. He said, never put passion before principle, because Mm. even if you win, you still lose. Wow. These principles and standards that we have set in our lives are important because they keep us. They're like guardrails. They keep us in a place that we're supposed to be and they help us to not venture off on paths that we should not be on. And so that's one of the things that I'm personally working on. I'm I'm trying to uh, further establish certain principles and standards that I have in my life. And I'm trying to find new ones all the time than when I look at scripture. But that's I think that's very important. Well, this is what we really need right now. Absolutely, bro. That's that's well said. I would not even try to put no cherry on top of that. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Live like you're supposed to live. 
Like, yes, sir. Um, and, 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 and stop with the okie doke. Well, we want to thank y'all for tuning in to our very first episode of the What in the Word podcast. Hey, listen, if you'll do us a favor, if you would like, comment, subscribe, leave a leave five or six stars for us. If, they, if, if, if it goes up to five, leave six. We really want to get more content out there for you guys. And also hit us up on our social media and let us know if you have any questions about things that are challenging you in today's culture. Man, we got a list of a lot of episodes that we want to put together for you guys. And we want you guys to interact with us and let you know, let us know what you think and what you want to hear. And so until next time, don't forget to uh, uh, be on the lookout for us on social media. And we're going to keep on doing what we're doing. We love y'all and we'll see you next time. Next time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs>